This is the interview um, on the Wyatt Millbank Podcast Network live, kind of live, live to tape in a strange way. Good enough. <laughs> right here in downtown Millbank, South Dakota. Today we have with us um, someone that I've kind of gotten to know a little bit on a friendly side, um, Paul Denna, who happens to be a a medical person. <laughs> Some people call him doctor. <laughs> Um, how are you, Paul? I'm doing well. Thank awesome. you. Awesome. Good to, uh, thanks for coming in. I mean, I appreciate kind of it. your day off. <laughs> <laughs> right. Call it what you will. <laughs> uh, this is February, February, holy cow. April 4, 2018. Um, what, uh, let's kind of just start off with why are you a doctor? Because, okay, for those that don't know, um, Paul is... Perhaps older than some of the doctors. <laughs> that's a that's a kind way to put it. <laughs> Maybe you started um, differently than other people, perhaps. Uh, yeah, I, I had a circuitous route going into medicine. Okay. Yes. Do tell. Okay. Uh, so I, growing up, I well, <clears throat> when I met with my guidance counselor in high school. <laughs> Uh-huh. And I, I saw all my friends going off to college, and uh, I thought, well, maybe I should do that. And I met with my guidance counselor and told him that, well, I, I think I'll go to college. What do I need to do? And and the first thing out of his mouth was laughter. <laughs> and he he said, well, you know, college isn't for everybody. And you know, to his defense, I hadn't put together, well, I hadn't put forth my best effort in high school to put it mildly okay and um we're okay using euphemisms right sure okay yeah it was it was less than an effort and so (laughs) (laughs) um were you a slacker perhaps (laughs) well or is that even putting it mildly (laughs) you know when i was there i would participate it was just i felt like it was optional Mm. and you know clearly it wasn't and i'm yeah, I, I'm not advocating that for anybody. You know, it's not a great way to approach your academic career. But um, so I ended up going into the military. And while at, at, like right out of high school? No, no. Actually, I, I went and served a two year church mission okay. in Ireland. Hey there. I know, right? <laughs> it's a fantastic experience. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's where my education really started because. You know, you had to be studious. There was a schedule. You had to obey rules. You had to show up, you know, where, whereas high school was kind of optional. And then I got back from, uh, from Ireland and um, I worked, f- you know, a couple of jobs and then, uh, and then I enlisted in the military. And so I was, I think I was 24. Why? Why did I enlist? Mm-hmm. Um, this sounds corny, but, uh, I just felt like it was patriotic duty. I kind of approached the research the same way I approached high school. It wasn't a whole lot of effort. <laughs> so, yeah, that looks good. I'm going to do it. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> I took the ASVAB and uh, I sat down with a recruiter and he said, uh, wow, you did really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could have any job you want. What do you want? I said, well, can I see a list? You know, is there a list of things? And so we're going down the list and, you know, um, how far out of basic is this? 
Well, I hadn't even gone to basics. Oh, oh, this is like recruiting. Yeah, he's the recruiter is okay. Like, where do you, what do you want to do? And uh, I'm going down the list, and I'm like, well, I don't want to do anything with computers, and well, that sounds boring. And I get to infantry, and I go, what is infantry? I never, I never understood that. What is it? And he goes, oh, well, those are the guys that walk around and get shot at. <laughs> they're, they're the front line. <laughs> and I was like, well, tell me more. And he's like, no, you really don't want to do that. And uh, I, I think much to his chagrin, I ended up signing up for that. And so uh, I said, okay, what are my options? And he goes, well, you could uh, you could be in a tank. And, uh, and I immediately felt claustrophobic the moment he said that. So I was like, mm, no, I, I don't want to do that. Was that stuff. from like some actual experience or you just had that? I just don't like close spaces. Okay. So I thought, mm, I don't think so. I think I saw a movie when I was a little kid and the crew got trapped inside of something and it just freaked me out and i thought nah i don't want to do that those submarines were out (laughs) the submarines were out (laughs) yeah no navy whatsoever um (laughs) so i i said okay well you know that sounds great and and he said you know there there is the option to go airborne and i was like well what does that mean (laughs) <laughs> I'll never you forget get it. in a good, perfectly good airplane, <laughs> exactly go up in the air, said. and then leave it. <laughs> yeah, you jump out of perfectly good airplanes. And, you know, me being the stellar scholar at that time said, yeah, that sounds Great like idea. fun. So, so that's what I signed up for. And, right. um, and I was supposed to go to uh, Vincenza, Italy. And that was going to be my first duty station. What year was this? Oh, back back in the 1900s. 90, <laughs> uh, back when Moses was a corporal. Nice. Uh, no, uh, 90, 1994, April of 1994. So I, um, I, I went in and I went to airborne school. These guys showed up, and uh, back then, nobody wore black berets except for the Rangers. And uh, there's a the Ranger Battalion headquarters is um, is in uh, Fort Beginning or Fort Beginning Fort Benning. We always call it Fort Beginning. Oh, Fort right. Benning, <laughs> Georgia. That's where it all starts. That's where it all starts. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I, I went through the basic training, went through airborne school, and then these guys with the black berets started showing up. And a couple of my friends are like, "Hey, do you want to go do what they do?" I was like, "I don't know what they do." They said, well, they're showing a video. Okay, sounds good. So they show the video, and they're jumping out of airplanes and shooting stuff, and and they're like, you know, do you want to be a part of special operations? Yeah, of course. So they they throw a rucksack on your back, and, uh, you know, we graduated, and they said, okay, pick up your stuff and try to keep up with that Humvee. That is, like, right out of basic. Yeah, so you get out of basic, yep. and then I went to airborne school, Okay, which is... So you land, cut the parachute off. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty close. <laughs> and then you run and try to keep up. If you fall out, you're done. Loaded. I mean, you've got your, you all your, your gear. All your earthly possessions on your back. All right. <laughs> so you go running, and they, you know, it's probably three or four miles till you get to the, the Ranger compound, and they show up, and... And then they, uh, we went out and there was this basketball court and it was, uh, you know, just asphalt and it was hot as blazes that day. We get in a formation and they start yelling and, th- and this is where the fun begins. <laughs> so they're smoking us and I'm doing push-ups on the asphalt and my hands are burning. So I get the bright idea to reach in and I, 
I had a canteen that still had a little bit of water in it, so I'm pouring water. And How? You, you had a gap? Like you had time to do that? No, I would, I would hold myself up with one hand, reach in, grab the canteen, untwist it, and pour a little bit out, and, and it cooled it off. And I was like, man, I'm so smart. And then my buddy noticed next to me. He's like, hey, can I have some of that? So I handed it over just as the guy saw it. And so oh, so he the, got busted. No. Then, oh. I, then I was special. <laughs> oh, you think you're special. So anyway, after that, about half of us quit, you know, just with uh, the two hours that we were out there getting smoked and then ran upstairs and we went through. They called it uh, RIP at that time. They have something else they call it now, but it's the Ranger Indoctrination Program. It sounds really ominous. Yeah. You know? They put that on your headstone, right? <laughs> right. So I went through that, and then I, uh, I graduated, and then I went to, and then I got uh, stationed in Fort Lewis. And uh, I was married at the time, and I had uh, my son. And while I was stationed at Fort Lewis, my son got sick and uh, brought him into um, the um, the children's clinic at Madigan Army Medical Center and and uh, saw this. Uh, there was a nurse practitioner there that saw us, and, uh, and his temp was like 105. And I was kind of freaked out. And she, I kind of felt stupid the way she was talking to me, like, you know, parents uh, often overreact. Kids have fevers. They're often higher than we're used to. Just give him some Motrin. He'll be fine. And I didn't, I didn't have any medical training. I was like, oh, okay, uh, all right. I feel kind of dumb. So I went to the PX, got him some Motrin, took him home. And the next day I was off because it was Martin Luther King birthday, the holiday. And I got up and um, I'd, I'd been up with him all night. And he was just fussy, whining. He's three years old. And um Finally got to sleep, woke him up, and now his lips are blue, and he can't, like, look at me. His focus is gone, and so, like, I'm not a smart man, but <laughs> this is pretty this sick. This doesn't look good. This is not good. <laughs> I'm no rocket surgeon, but this is bad. So I took him back to the clinic, and it was that same nurse practitioner that saw us walk in, and she turned to the the scheduler and says, don't worry, I got this, and starts walking up. And I said, not you. <laughs> I want somebody else. So they called down. He was in charge of the pediatric department. He walks in and looks at him and went, okay, we need to go get a lumbar puncture kit. And I didn't know a lot, but I knew that was bad. And it turns out that he had meningitis. Oh. And so he was admitted, and then they transferred him to a hospital in Tacoma called Mary Bridge Children's Hospital. And he was in there in the in the PICU. And, um, yeah, he had a lot of issues afterwards as far as um, he had seizures and he had paralysis on the left side and hearing loss. He can't hear out of his left ear. Um, and I just remember that first night we were in the, the children's hospital, and this uh, doctor walked in, and I just all of a sudden felt like, okay, somebody knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And the way she talked to us in this, she was very, very upfront and matter of fact. I just knew she knows, she knows what's going on. And um, she said, you know, in the next 24 hours will tell us whether or not he's going to make it. And then, you know, of course he made it, thankfully. And uh, after that, I was like, uh, you know, 
I can shoot people and break things and blow stuff up and that's all fine and dandy. But you know, at that moment when my son was really sick, I, I didn't know what to do. I don't know how to fix him. So I wanted to be like her. And so, so I said, okay, I just extended my enlistment. So I have to finish that. But after that I'm getting out and I'm going to go to college and then I'm going to go to medical school. You know, just like no, that. No small feat. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's, well, the first thing I said was like, okay, so I, I want to do what, what you do. What do I have to do? <laughs> she goes, well, you'll have to get a four-year degree, and then you'll have to get accepted to medical school, and then you'll have to do a residency. And I was like, oh, okay, sounds good. I'll do that. And that's kind of the approach I had. So. Uh, wow. <laughs> I, I, I got into college, and all of a sudden, it was not like high school in that I cared. And, uh, and I did really well and, um, you know, eventually went, um, applied to medical school, got into med school and then, um, trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I liked everything. I liked surgery. I liked, you know, doing procedures. I liked medicine. I liked, uh, pediatrics and I liked OB. I couldn't decide. So I stuck with family medicine and that's what I did a residency in. And then where? Uh, oh, sorry. I was. Uh, I was oh, where did you go to school? Uh, I went to. Well, I went to college at Sac State, California State University, Sacramento. Mm. I think that's the official name. And then I went to Saba University for medical school, and then I went to uh, University of Wyoming um, has a family medicine residency in Cheyenne, and that's where I did my residency. And then I was talking to recruiters and I told them all the stuff I wanted. And he said, okay, well, I've got a few places to interview. Um, one of them's in Millbank, South Dakota. And I told my wife. In other words, nowhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. she, she said, well, um, when I was a little girl, I made a promise that I would never live in the Dakotas. <laughs> I said, Why? Well, she goes, I don't know. I just, I never wanted to live there. I said, well, let's just go out. It'll be a practice interview. Mm-hmm. We'll just, we'll just see, you know, it'll be a chance. You know, I've, I've never, you know, I've never applied for a doctor job. So, you know, it'll be a good, it'll be a trial run. And we came out and, uh, and the people just couldn't have been nicer. And it was, it was small town America. It was everything I wanted. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they, they really did a, a nice job recruiting. You know, they, they knew what buttons to push and they knew just the song and dance. I, I stayed in your father-in-law's cabin, you know, it was, it was awesome. <laughs> There's that. <laughs> There's that. <laughs> so as we were driving to the airport and, uh, Joy Lynn turns to me and she said, we're moving to South Dakota, aren't we? <laughs> and you were in Wyoming at the time? Yeah, we were in Wyoming at the time. And so that's, <laughs> uh, that's how it happened. And uh, we've been here almost four years now. Wow. I know, right? It just It's really by. been that long. Yeah. And uh, I just, I love it. Um, I know that a lot of people complain about the weather. And I love it because it keeps the riffraff out. Typically, yes. <laughs> this is not riffraff. <laughs> Let me tell you about riffraff. <laughs> you, uh, in in South Dakota, you guys are not familiar with a ghetto bird. Bird? Yes, a ghetto bird. Do tell. Okay, so. Is this Urban Dictionary stuff? Do I need to be looking this up? <laughs> you might need to look this up. 
so when I was living in in Sacramento, California, uh, the neighborhood that oh, I was okay, living in, okay, California. Hello. <laughs> every night you'd ha- you would hear the ghetto bird flying overhead with a searchlight, announcing that this was the Sacramento County Sheriff's Department. Be on the lookout for such and such a suspect, and they'd give a description. And that was the and ghetto. that was Sacramento too. Right. I mean, that doesn't even compare to like L.A. and yeah. perhaps San Francisco. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's still there, it's, but... Well, I don't think that you could... You know, here I am going to disparage all of California. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you could go to a major city <laughs> in, in California and not have a ghetto bird. Mm. It, it's kind of the state bird. All right. I'm going to get in a lot of trouble for that one. That's okay. I'm all right with that. The views and opinions expressed by the guests <laughs> on this show are solely theirs. Uh, so that's how I came to Millbank. Mm-hmm. What, uh, I mean, really what, because one of the things that I always ask, because we do a show called The Campus Report as well, uh, The Campus Report, and that is where we sit down with uh, college students. Mm-hmm. Um, typically from, like, graduates from Millbank High School, but we also do... Uh, we have a few others that are from similar size schools mm-hmm. that are in college. And the whole point of that is to figure out what they're doing, why they're going to school, and what might make Millbank or small town America mm-hmm. be where they want to end up. So, I mean, you are not the typical no, not, person not in that you are um, considerably older than kids that are typically in college. So you were probably mm. ten, 10 years At more least. older probably. than... Probably fifteen. Okay, than everyone else, just than about everyone else. Yeah, you were like the grandpa of the group. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> I wasn't necessarily old enough well, to be maybe the father. Maybe the dad. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you were the old guy. I was the old guy. Probably the one that had the most brains and no, oh, no, I, no, 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 no. I don't mean no. I mean the most sense. That's what I mean. Common sense. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. I, I I was in the running. I'll give you that. <laughs> <laughs> there is some short supply. <laughs> Okay, we'll go, we'll, we'll move on there. <laughs> um, what was it about Millbank that actually was the thing that said, "Yep, that's it"? Hmm, that is an excellent question. Well, thank you. Uh, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> uh, I think it was the sense of community. I, I think it was. Break that down a little bit. What does that mean? So, you know, if you live in a place like Sacramento or San Francisco or L.A., um. You know, there's there's some tribalism for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, you know, gangs name themselves after zip codes, mm-hmm. and, you know, area codes and things like that. Um, but it was, you know, it's it's always a negative thing. And with Millbank, there was just it was just a a sense of community and belonging and and caring for other people. One of the things I saw, um, I saw a guy that was. Um, he had broke down on the road and we were driving up and three people had pulled over to check on him. You never see that. I mean, that's just, well, you're afraid you're going to get shot. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and then it was the, everybody giving each other the finger. You're driving along mm-hmm. in a pickup truck and you just raise that index mm-hmm. finger that's up. That's the first finger. That's so the first good, finger. Yeah. yeah. There's some it's clarity. The hello. There. That's it. That's a how you doing, buddy. <laughs> I, I was quite used to the other finger. The, 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 being other, used. the next one over. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that was two thousand 
2014, you guys mm-hmm. made your way here. Yep. No, we were uh, we toured the old hospital, and uh, that was a winner. <laughs> so um, how? Okay, you came in right. I mean, as they were in the middle of of planning, correct? They hadn't broken ground yet. Is that correct? True? Correct. So they're still planning. How much of that <laughs> was like carroted in front of you? Oh, did, how much Soli? of that was? Um, I mean, was was that the cell? No, that's not what, what sold me. Um, I, well, it, it sure didn't hurt. Yeah. But, no, no, no. I mean, but was that what was like really laid out for you? As yeah. far as it's coming. Oh yeah. This is going to be awesome. Yes. They there was um, you know, they didn't have the blueprints at the time, mm-hmm. but. You know, they knew the air. You know, they knew the location, and they had kind of a rough a sketch, sketch of what yeah. they wanted. And uh, yeah, and they were, and they certainly uh, weren't shy about sharing that with me, which <laughs> that's another nice way it, to put it. It didn't hurt. <laughs> it didn't hurt their cause. <clears throat> was it? Uh, was it what you expected when you actually came? Because okay, so you you came, did your um, walkabout, mm-hmm. um, and then we came back. Uh, for um, not really a second interview, but kind of a second look, mm-hmm. and and to me, how, how far was that? How far apart were those? Mm, let's see, probably five months later. Okay, and uh, met with some real estate agents and drove around. And Did you instigate them. that? No, no, no. They they almost it wasn't like they insisted, but they said, you know, you really should come back and. You know, get a feel for everything, mm-hmm. take a look at real estate and all that. Because, you know, looking back, they were looking from the standpoint of, we don't want somebody to come out here, be unhappy, and leave. Right. So, you know, self-serving, maybe, but smart. And and I'm glad we did, um, because it, it just kind of solidified what we already had, had figured out. Now, clearly, Millbank being the size of a community it is, there were probably a hundred other places you could have gone and probably been more financially uh, uh, compensated. Um, sure. Why Milbank? <laughs> um, I think, I think it was a combination of I could raise my family here mm-hmm. and I could practice the way I want here. I think those are the two things that really made me feel like this is where I need to be. I mean, it's flat here. I know. <laughs> You're in Wyoming. Uh, Were you in the flatland fl- of Wyoming, too? It, well, I was in Cheyenne. Mm, that's cowboy country. It is cowboy country. But, you know, the thing uh, that my wife pointed out is if you go for a drive in Cheyenne, mm-hmm. you either uh, make sure you have enough gas or have, uh, have a gas can filled up and ready to go. Because the way Wyoming was settled, uh, a lot of it was based on the railway. And uh, so you're going along 80 in about every 100 miles. That's that's how far really? the, uh, you know, either coal or wood mm-hmm. would take you. There's another town. And there's nothing in between. Whereas here, you know, you'll drive through little communities along the way. Mm-hmm. And that really made a big difference for her. So she likes that. She likes that. Well, and she's from the Northeast, correct? Yeah, she grew up in a uh, kind of a suburb of Philadelphia. Oh. Yeah. And uh, so big change for her. She lived like 10 minutes from the Philadelphia airport. 
Oh man, I know, right? Little ta- little place called Ridley Park. Nice little community. Four years later, what's changed? Well, I've gotten older. Uh, <laughs> Duh, your beard is much more lush. <laughs> Although I'm nowhere near you, man. Come on now. <laughs> not even close. I'm working on mine to gray up, but it's just not. Oh, well, I'm I'm thinking about coloring mine. Ah. So. <laughs> uh, what has changed? Well, the, you know, obviously the, the new hospital mm-hmm. has changed uh, a lot of things. And that's been a, a really a, quite an improvement for the community as well. We get people like every once in a while I'll admit somebody that's from out of town and without fail they say, I cannot believe that you have this hospital mm-hmm. in this tiny little community. This is amazing. Yeah. So it's beautiful. Yeah. It is. And it, it's brand new, which it has to be in two thousand eighteen. Right. Being right. brand new. It's gotta be awesome. But, but also we really um you know, that's the, the shiny part. But mm-hmm. the things that happened when we moved we upgraded the CT scanner. We went from an eight slice CT scanner to a hundred and twenty eight slice CT scanner. That, that's not that, that's, that, that's close. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so <laughs> the capabilities of what you can do with that mm-hmm. really expanded. We um, we developed three D. Well, we obtained three D mammography, whereas we didn't have that until we were getting ready to move. Right. And we upgraded our ultrasound machine so it can do all kinds of crazy stuff. And, and brought uh, in full-time dialysis too, correct? And brought in full-time dialysis. So, I mean, it, it, we took what we had, which, you know, was really good staff in a really old building mm-hmm. that was, you know, insufficient for our needs, moved the, this excellent staff into a brand new building, and then expanded a bunch of the capabilities. So that's probably the biggest thing that's changed. Yeah. Outside of, of that, I mean, obviously, do, doing what you do, that is the, that's where you have to be, always. Right. Um, outside of that, are are you able to do much in the Millbank community, or? You're assuming that I have a life. Well, but th- this was the question. <laughs> I mean, you have you have a little baby. I do. Have, and you have a wife at home. And another one on the way. And another wife on the what? You got Wait a second. No. <laughs> oh, newsflash. No. <laughs> No, you have another baby. I mean, we you're not clearly, but uh, no, I am. Your wife is having. I'm not qualified. <laughs> <laughs> In every sense of the word, right. I'm not qualified. Right. Um, yeah, we. Um, uh, I say we, but I say my wife mm-hmm. is expecting, and uh, due date June seventh. Ooh. Mm-hmm. That'd be 2018 for those listening. In yes. The future. In the future, 2018. <laughs> if if uh, if another person listens to this. <laughs> Okay. If they haven't shut off my voice right. by now. We'll, we'll take that under <laughs> under consideration. <laughs> um, the, you know, one of the things that I'm always intrigued with, I mean, I, I'm a transplant as well. Ten years ago, I moved here from Oregon. So my uh, perception, I moved from the mountains, from roads that curved mm-hmm. to Millbank, which, to be very honest, the <laughs> the terrain is exactly opposite of what I love. Okay. The yeah. terrain. Sure. I don't like roads that go straight. Okay. Growing up, um, there was one. We the there's Crater Lake National Park, is in the mountains in Oregon. Sure. It is beautiful. It's an old volcano. That's just, it's the deepest clear water lake I think in the northern hemisphere. Something. It's crazy. Hmm. Um. But it's not so curvy road going to it. It's like seventy or eighty miles up to the top from where we lived. 
And then you go down the backside of it, and then you get, end up in eastern Oregon, where then there's um, the high desert. Then well, it's a little more open. Uh, yeah, but you still have a lot of pine trees and a lot of that. Well, there's one stretch that you start coming down out of Crater Lake, and then it is 15 or 20 miles of just stick straight road. Mm-hmm. And you're up high, so you can see it all. Mm-hmm. And we used to, I mean, that was like the worst stretch of road in ever for us. Because we were motorcycle riders, so we'd ride up this cool side and then go down the backside, and it's just miserable. Because, first off, 55 miles an hour is the speed limit. Downhill on a straight road. You're using air quotes there, though. (laughs) Well, that's what the speed limit is. It's true. (laughs) But straight down. In in a truck, anything. It is the worst piece of road for me. I hate it. And so now I moved to where we can drive 40 miles away. And we can probably count the curves, and some of those are actual 90s where you switch roads <laughs> on one hand. Yeah. Maybe two. Yeah. And that's just so, uh, like, way off from what I prefer. But the thing that really keeps us here are the people. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you know, you're going to have some out outliers there, but it is that sense of community that kind of keeps you around. And, you know, it makes the terrain. I don't mind snow. I mean, I'm... It's, April 4th, and we've got, how much snow did we get yesterday? <laughs> I mean, there's just some things that are different. Um, but it is that that sense of kind of the, the small circle of contact that does, and it keeps me here. Sure, sure. And, you know, when we first got here, um, I remember Mary Bohm, she's the the charge nurse over at the clinic. She's... Um, She's the point of contact. She knows everybody. And uh, <laughs> and she knew that, you know, we were just, just here. And she said, are you guys going to come to the 4-H picnic? And uh, I kind of, <laughs> I, I, I've learned Maybe? that when a nurse says something to you. You better go. So do you want to do this? You should probably listen to her, you know, at least take it under advisement. Think about it. And uh, she said, you really should come. I was like. Okay. And so here I am. I'm picturing like 30, 40 people showing up and standing there with a paper plate in my hand. Right. And I mean, the line, I mean, I think they had 1,200 people go through that That's day. crazy. And yeah. I was just blown away. And it's that, that sense of community where, mm-hmm. you know, people rally around each other. And, um, you know, and, and there's a lot of examples, uh, maybe some of them I can't mention because- I'd probably be giving away some information, but my sensor beep in here. <laughs> <laughs> but I've, I've I've really witnessed how people, um, you know, nobody's an island around here. Everybody's mm-hmm. yeah. got a contact, and um, and you know, for good or bad, everybody knows everybody. Yeah, and I think that is, you know, whether you like it or not, that's that is the way it is. <laughs> when when we first got here, uh, my wife got pulled over. <laughs> <laughs> and, hmm. and uh oh you're the new doctor's wife okay <laughs> well, he comes walking up and uh he, he's uh he, you know license and registration and he looks at it and he he said oh no you're dr denna's wife aren't you <laughs> and she said yes and he goes my wife has an ob appointment oh, man. On Friday. <laughs> there you go yeah and uh so that was kind of funny um, but like the next day, she was at uh, I think she was at Shopco, and 
a couple of the nurses had, you know, gone out for lunch and ran some errands and came back and, hey, I saw your wife there. So I texted my wife and I said, so how's Shopco? She was totally freaked out. She's like, how do you know? <laughs> so, you know, there is that, that, uh, you know, you got to get used to small town living. But uh, I think the the perks are yeah. are stuff that you just, everybody that's all in a kerfuffle, can we use kerfuffle? Sure. Okay. About, you know, they march and protest and everything. I think if they could just live in a place like this, they'd just chill out a little bit. Yeah. That's, that's my take. But I don't want them to move here and have those protests. Okay, we'll edit that last piece out. It's fine. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> just take it out. <laughs> good. <laughs> they won't take the time to listen to this anyway. <laughs> um. What was your biggest surprise moving to Millbank? Biggest surprise? Um, how much I needed four-wheel drive. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, we had two sedans. Um, one was an all-wheel, and that one did okay, and the other one was just a two-wheel. Yeah, that works great until the snow gets more it than works, six inches. Yeah, and and it was the time where we got both cars stuck in the driveway. That's <laughs> your driveway. <laughs> yeah, our driveway. <laughs> Didn't even get out to the road. Oh man. Yeah, and that's when I I said, yeah, we having a four wheel drive is not an option. No, it's not. Yeah, and you almost have to have a truck. Yeah. Even you yep. know, I mean, yep. sometimes just an SUV won't quite do it. Right. Yeah, that was a an eye opener for us too. I mean, I, again, if, where I'm from, where if we got snow, maybe two days a year, right. it was like a big deal. Right, right. And shut down the school, calling yeah. the national oh, yeah. guard, mm-hmm. yeah, that kind of thing. Well, no, normally the snow that we would get would be there till about 11 a.m. and then it's gone. It's just oh. this mud hole after that. Gotcha. So it was neat. You wake up to it. It's cool. You get everything going to go play. Man, it's gone. Yeah. Well, in in um, in Cheyenne, it. It'll snow and then and then the wind will blow and it'll blow it off into Nebraska. So we don't have to worry about it. <laughs> that was that is my the biggest irritation I have living here is the wind. You well, know, but I, I grew up also in a valley. Yeah. I mean, everywhere you look, there's huge mountains around. And right. Timber and right. I mean, so it's like forty square yeah. miles surrounded by reality. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. That sounds about right. <laughs> we lived in. The southern Oregon, which oh, okay. not the bottom. The bottom's kind of nuts, all, but that's in that's the state of Jefferson, I think, is what they call <laughs> that now. <laughs> right. But no, away from the crazy of of the urban. I I, I do like that Millwink is kind of centrally located, between, kind of, mm-hmm. several metros. I mean, Sioux Falls, Fargo, or two two hours either way, north south. Mm-hmm. You want to go a little farther, you can get anything you want in the Twin Cities, Minneapolis. Right. Um, or if you want to go just forty minutes, you've got well, heck, you got Walmart, you got and Target, Walmart. <laughs> so really, <laughs> and, and sushi, and sushi. That's right, and yeah, which sushi. is shocking to me. But I hey, know. it's well, but you don't have to drive very far now. We've got our own Chinese restaurant. It's true, yeah, and yeah. and and good Mexican food too. Uh, uh, excellent, which Mex- was a big big yeah. ad yep. for absolutely uh, for us. Just yep. cause, I mean, I grew up. With a Mexican family that mm-hmm. worked with in their restaurant in high school. Oh, and you know, so that <clears throat> that home home feel, mm-hmm. I I missed here, and so it really is very nice to have that again. Um, 
if there were something that could be changed about Millbank, what would it be? Hmm. Changed in Millbank. We could use more sidewalks. I don't know. That's the first thing that came to my mind. I was walking, I was driving today and I saw people walking and they were walking kind of in the street because. Oh, that's probably because there was like slush on well, the sidewalk. Right. But I mean, the sidewalks that we do have are, they could use some updating, some drainage, maybe a little wider. I don't know. That was the first thing that came to my mind. I don't that's know. good. Okay. On the spot. <laughs> On the spot. Did the uh, tax and political structure of South Dakota appeal to you at all? Was that even a Is a, this where we veer? I, I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't have to. No. No, because, well, I mean, sure. like, well, economic development in Millbank, sure. they are pushing that. that yep. I mean, you go 10 miles to the east and you're in Minnesota. Right. Well, they're, the, the goal is to try to pull people to live here because right. the tax structure is better and there's a lot of other Well, and it's far reasons. better. Um, you know, that was one of the criteria. You know, Wyoming doesn't have a state income tax either. So I wasn't going to go from right. no income tax right. to new income tax. And so, yeah, that, that, made, a, that made a big difference. Also, um, there wasn't uh, – how do I put this gently – there seemed to be some sanity in the thinking of how our culture should run. Can I say it that? Yeah, I'll just make note. 42 minutes and 20 seconds. <laughs> just in case. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just, I felt like we would fit in here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think for the most part we have. I don't think we're going anywhere. I'll have to ask my wife. Should I pause the tape sure. while we answer this question? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You do. Uh, you did choose land rather than in in city right. living. Was right. that deliberate? It was. Yeah. We we deliberately uh, wanted to not live in town uh, for you know a few reasons. Number one, um, I like the quiet. Mm-hmm. And when I go home, everything's quiet, and I've got two enormous dogs that can run around, and I don't have to worry no. about them. What you have two bears? I think <laughs> I think they could be classified. Is that as a bear or a Shetland pony? <laughs> or close, yes. It's a small lion. <laughs> no, probably big, big lion actually. Uh, but I just I. I I I really like that uh, feel. And, you know, this is, you know, my place is not unique. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of places that, you know, you if you want, uh, you know, 5, 10, 20 acres and, uh, you know, a house, there's a lot of places that are around. Um, you got to snatch them up when they show up. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's, it's a great way to live. I'm sure it's nice in town, too. Well, the fact that I can walk to my work from my house in about seven minutes <laughs> right. is nice. Right. And well, and if everything... I want, I can send my children. They can go play, and they can walk home, or they can walk here. Right. That that is fantastic. Well, and you another know, benefit of small town America. Yeah, you're never more than ten minutes away from mm-hmm. anywhere in Millbank. And I think it cracks me up when, and this is just 
But you become a product of your of your environment. Right. <laughs> I live farther to the west, I think, than center. So I'm farther west than Main Street, which is where we're at right now. Um, there are some stores all the way to the east. Yep. Uh, on the edge of town. Yep. There are days that I go, mm, I don't want to go that far. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably three miles. No, two. Probably two miles. At best. At best, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Oh, I don't want to go clear over there. It's like it's so, like you're in Manhattan. Exactly. I don't want to go clear to the Upper East, east Side. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, I, yeah, you are become a product of your environment. But then again, you don't think anything of driving to you know Watertown. Oh no, that's nothing. Or we'll drive into Minneapolis for the day. Right. Right. In and out, same day. Sure. Which people that live there, because we have some family that lives there, oh, for them to even dream of driving to us is just like mind blowing. Oh, yeah. I'd never go that far. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we just did. Um, right. <laughs> we're here, and we're going back tonight. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and we have three kids we brought with us. Oh yeah, and so yeah, all so, of a sudden you're right. you're a crazy parent because right. who who does mm-hmm. that? Yeah. But it's fun, and it, it's always fun just to see their <laughs> the reactions that they. But the nice part is that you can drive away from Minneapolis and leave it all behind. Uh huh. It's like Seattle. I lived about six hours south of Seattle. And before mm-hmm. my wife and I got married, she lived up there for about six months. And so, you know, I, I made the trip a couple times, and she, but she would come down probably more often than I went up there because my family all lived down where we were in Oregon. And um, Seattle is wonderful to visit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a gorgeous town. Yeah. Great to go see, but it's really nice to leave. It, you know, you, you go check out the fish market mm-hmm. and... Go sample, you know, all the stuff in the farmer's market and, you know, you take a ride up the Space Needle, all that yeah. stuff. Go out on the ferry. Once. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Do all that yeah. and then drive away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with yeah. you. Yep. San Francisco is much the same way. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. And LA, I, not so much. It's not good to go there ever, <laughs> is that what you're saying? <laughs> 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 Have you ever been to downtown LA? Um, I was down years ago. We went, uh, with our church, we took a group down to the dream center, which is down in the yeah. huge, um, homeless outreach. Right. And so we went and we were there for, I think four or five days and sure. just going out with them and working. Mm-hmm. And that was a mind blowing, life changing experience. Right. You, you um, really get your eyes open. That right? is my experience downtown LA. Well, that, which is pretty right yeah, for no, real. No, you, <laughs> right? you nailed it. <laughs> but yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's. A whole different world. Yep. Yep. And so, uh, you know, getting back to why Millbank, I, I think that was why. It was everything that I wanted without any of the 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 baggage or drawbacks. Mm-hmm. I mean, if my drawback is straight roads and flat terrain, I'll take it. Totally. Me yeah. too. Yeah. That's a that's a no brainer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the 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 safety that they're is mm-hmm. and that there appears to be as well right right um, you know because you always have outliers you will absolutely but the reality is i feel much better having my children grow up here in mm-hmm. this size and kind of a community right than almost anywhere else yep you know getting back to you asked me something that that really kind of uh i don't know i don't know how you said it but it was like what what were the things that attracted you to, to Millbank. It was the kids that were so polite and just well mannered 
um, I, I was kind of shocked because I wasn't used to that. And, uh, and it wasn't an act. It's just, you know, that's the way kids are raised and, you know, it's sir and ma'am and thank you and please. And you just don't see that culture, um, in the contemporary society. And so maybe it's a little Mayberry and I'm okay with that's that. That's all right. I'm yeah. all right with that. Do you think a lot of that stems from, you know, a, a decent less and less nowadays just as technology grows, but do you think that there's still that group that is, they're still raised on a farm mm-hmm. concept? Absolutely. And so work matters? Yep. Yeah. And, um, you know, obviously there's challenges for anybody raising kids. I don't care who you are or where you're at. Um, and I, but I think that, I don't know if you call it a farmer mentality of, well, if I don't do it, nobody mm-hmm. else is going to do it. But I think that, you know, instilling that in the kids makes a big difference. And then also teaching them manners. Yeah. Yeah. It actually be polite and open doors. Right. There's Who's, nothing wrong with that. Who knew? Right. I know. Weird. <laughs> Take care of the other person. I know. Right. Well, I think that's, uh, that might do it for this. Hopefully, this will be the first time we chat. Okay. Um, We're using first, so that that implies more. Oh, there will be more. There will be. Uh, we do whymillblank.com forward slash podcasts uh, is our Why Millblank Podcast Network uh, website. So that that's like the main page of all the shows that originate out of the studio. So okay. if you go to whymillblank.com, there's a podcast button. You click it. Uh, it will bring you up to the page that has every show that originates out of here. So far, we have three. This one, the Campus Report, and then we also host the David Allen show, which originates from here. And it is a, um, it's a political, uh, commentary show. Gotcha. Um, and that's where the gloves it's come out there off. and that's where the gloves come off. We, uh, <laughs> we tend to not hold back punches and it's, we have a good time just kind of taking apart news and things that we care about. I mean, it could be, it might be politics. It may be religion. It might be, I don't know. GMO. I mean, we can go all over the place. So you go everywhere. It's kind of nuts. Yeah, with the latest episode, as of today, the 4th, uh, we had a, a college student actually from here. He's going to Concordia. He is in the process of um, getting credentialed to be in the State Department in China. And so that will be kind of a crazy uh, uh, transition for him. And so it was right. fun. We had him on. We just kind of went over some current events and kind of bantered back and forth about the you know, what's going on in the, uh, today's world. And so we're planning some more with him and possibly even via Skype this summer when he's in, uh, that would be cool. China. So yeah, yeah. I'd be very interested in that. Yeah. So that, that'll be fun. So real actual boots on the ground. Huh? Um, but anyway, that's over at the David Allen show at David This is another in a series of interviews where we just sit down with anyone I mean, any old person. anyone, it's just That's random. right. <laughs> uh, but if, if there's a connection to Millbank, South Dakota, which Millbank is unique in that uh, there is no other town in the United States that shares the name. And so it's amazing how many people actually have some weird connection to this town. Uh, I met my wife in Uganda, Africa in 2003. Turns out that one of the teams that we were hosting there, because I lived there for about five months and my wife was there for almost a year total. And I was the driver as a commercial bus driver. And so I got to drive the big bus that we had over there and handled all the short-term teams that came. So I was the bus driver. Well, one of the teams from California came over and one of the pastors that came with them, 
Grew up in Aberdeen, South Dakota. No way. And was, I believe, in the same class or in the same, you know, within a couple grades of my mother-in-law. No. No way. It's a small world. It is a small world. It's a small world. Well, I, um, I grew up in Ukiah, California, or the outskirts of it. And I bumped into somebody that uh, went to high school there. No way. <laughs> no way. <laughs> That's nuts. It's, yeah. Who, who would imagine? Yeah. Yep. So the fact that Millbank touches so many different random people, that really is the point of this show, mm-hmm. is I want to figure out where that connection is and what it is and what Millbank means. And if it's just, you know, I went through there once or I've seen it on a map, that's cool. Let's talk about it. What are you doing? Where is it at? Mm-hmm. So that really is what the interview is about. That is this show. We are uh, on iTunes, the Apple Podcast Store. At the interview, we're on the Google Play Store as well. Ooh. Or you can listen directly at the website, um, com slash podcast, and then click on the interview button there. And that will take you right to our latest episode. Or you can subscribe. Dr. Denna, any last... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Any last words you want to leave the the listeners with? The thing to do is to choose Millbank. That's it. I think that works. All right. Have a good one. All right. You Thanks. Too. Thanks a lot. Why don't people understand my intention?